Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Topical Brainstorm. We are starting off season two, basically, and another book today. But before we get into that, I'm here with my co-host Garrett. How you doing, Garrett? I'm doing quite well. Life is good. A little crazy out in the world, but you know, in my personal bubble, things are going well. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Some some crazy times we're living in. But I don't want to talk about that too much. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Why are things going well in your personal bubble? I don't know, man. Just life is good. I have no complaints. Um Yeah. I'm actually I don't think I've told you this yet, but this morning I was do you know what Etsy is? Yes. I was thinking about throwing up an Etsy shop this morning, so I did some research. My brother-in-law and sister actually have one. So um, I was asking them questions. I was asking my boss some questions at the pharmacy. He doesn't have an Etsy shop, but he sells other stuff online. Uh So I was like, huh, maybe I should do that. Give that a try. What would your product be? What would you be selling? So... My mom, a couple, a few years ago, made this foot cream. So I was going to just like make some of that or probably just list it, honestly, because I have all the ingredients for it. So I was just going to list it. And if I ever sell some, it's like 20 cents to list it. So I'm not really losing much other than that because I already have this stuff. And if anyone ever buys some, I can just make some and ship it to them and uh i kind of want to like do that and then make a little ad uh for like facebook or something Uh and throw it up on there and just kind of see what happens you know i don't have anything to lose so huh you're gonna be selling foot cream on etsy (laughs) Uh, i'm 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 thinking about it is it just like moisturizing foot cream? So it's yeah, it's like a moisturizing foot cream and a, and and uh, an exfoliating foot cream, really. Okay. What well, a lot of like it works really good if you have like calluses on your feet, you know, uh-huh. um, and you don't want them. It works really well for that. You just put it on your your feet at night every day for like a week, huh. and then. Uh, it's nice. Will you be paying your mother some sort of uh, royalty for um, the, for the recipe? You know, Do if you I know? ever make a million dollars off of it, I think I could uh, kick some money her way for sure. <laughs> but not till you make a million. <laughs> well, That's- I'm not saying that either. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, sure, I'd kick her some money. I don't know. I did some math with like how much I want to charge for it. I would only be getting like after all the after Etsy takes their cut and stuff like that, I would only get like five dollars a bottle. I could kick her some money from that for sure. <laughs> uh, I was just curious, you know. It's, it's whatever. I just want I just <laughs> want to see if I could sell something first, you know? Yeah, it's true. Like 
that's the that I think that would be cool. Just say like, yeah, I sold something. <laughs> but True. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, experiment with hemorrhoid creams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably you know Etsy is probably the the place where people go to find that stuff. Yes. Well, it's it will be. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe. That would be my first thought, you know. I'd be like, "It's <laughs> doctor, pharmacy, maybe Amazon." But <laughs> yep, I mean, I'm telling you, it's the way of the future. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I wish you luck with that endeavor. Thank you. Uh, one other matter of business before we jump into the first chapter of this book, uh, and a part of this podcast that we introduced last time was sort of a personal growth aspect. And Garrett, I think we left off with you undetermined. You were going to come back at a later date with what you wanted to, what habit you wanted to build or whatever it was. Do you have something to report on in that aspect? So I do. I think the only thing I was set on at the time was stop spending so much damn money on food. On food, that's right. I and. I have yet to – I mean, I, I have made steps and I've made progress, but I'm not quite where I want to be yet. What I've started doing is I'll, I'll have Subway for lunch mm. and then I'll only eat half the sandwich and then I'll save the other half and eat it for dinner. <laughs> so I'm spending half as much money every time I go to Subway as I was. So that is progress. Because I I also have this goal of like losing my gut a little bit. Nice. And it's also helping with that. Like I feel a lot better. I'm not eating as much crap. Um, other than New Year's Eve, of course, where I went wild. I I, <laughs> I yeah. ate pretty much a whole pizza by myself and pounded a bottle of Martinelli's from the bottle. <laughs> so like I was just a fat slob that day. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> cheat day You're so allowed. yeah exactly so uh i i'm still coming up with a system for that um i also uh stopped spending so much money my my parents also got me a bunch of gift cards for christmas so i need to utilize those because I, I still have gift cards from years ago for that i don't think i've ever used <laughs> So I need to actually utilize the crap that people give me. Yeah. So that'll help. Be a good one. Um, but I also have, I don't even know if you know this, but I have about five books that I've half read that are sitting on my shelf. <laughs> and I just bought another book like last week. And so my goal is to finish the five books that I have half read on my shelf before I start this book that I bought. So I okay. want to finish those, and then I want to finish the, the book I just bought. Um, and in order to do that, I came up with a system, and I'm, I'm coupling this habit of reading with my desire to watch TV, uh, which is strong <laughs> mm -hmm. and happens every day. So I <laughs> should be able to, to get this done. I'm going to read, I'm not going to allow myself to watch anything on TV 
until I've read at least a page of of a book. Okay. One page, huh? Uh, I, I figure it'll move up, and I figure is if um, I also figure that as soon as I read a page, I'll just want to keep on reading. So, yeah, that's that's what I'd imagine. So, so yeah, right. if I have to, I'll bump it up at a later date. But yeah. So let's go to you, Christian. I believe your goals were to. Uh, Stop spending so much time on the phone and use that time to be more productive by playing music or, or reading more or being just productive with things you have to do for work and stuff like that. How'd that go? Yeah, it, well, it feels like it's a little too early to tell. Mostly because we recorded before Christmas and I went with my wife Kylie for a week to my parents' house around Christmas time. And I've been back and I've been working this last week, but that was mostly a bigger issue when I was here in my apartment doing homework and stuff. So I haven't been in the atmosphere that was really that I really wanted to change because I'm out of school right now. One thing I can report on, though, that I feel went well was overall the time I spent like that has has decreased significantly. And a part of that was because I was I was with my family, you know, extended family for for a week straight and had a lot of, you know, more downtime with my wife, which has been which has been great. Um, but overall, I haven't really been in the atmosphere that was the issue beforehand. So I, I kind of have to uh, feel like it might be a couple weeks till I can really report on, on how my progress has gone. I understand. Yeah. I actually have been thinking about it though. You got and I, for me? the idea I, I had to maybe introduce more accountability for you is for you to read out your screen time on, on air every week. That is that is a good idea. <laughs> and I, I think I, I think I brought that up to you at one point when I first mentioned you, I it. think you did. Um, okay, well, let's see. I could, okay, let me look at this last week. I averaged, okay, and again, this this was not my normal school week, right? So, but I'll give a baseline. It was a pretty good week for me overall. It was two hours and 45 minutes a day, which is not too terrible, but I still want to improve on that. So, um, I guess, I guess I've said it now. There we go. Well, let's, let's go with it, Garrett. Dude, that is, we need to get that under an hour for you. That would be good. yeah i mean mine's just mine's disgustingly long too it's um mine's probably about two hours yeah but um you know and some of that breaking it down by app i mean some of that was spent on guitar tabs which is like how i want to spend time right yeah and like an hour and a half of that throughout the week was 
other things were, you know, there were, there were things that were fine, but, and I don't need to get into more detail on, on how I spent that time, but that's my baseline. And I guess I'll report next time on, uh, my next week. So thanks for holding me accountable, Garrett. I like it. <laughs> um, those were the only, that was your only goal that I can remember, right? I think so. And maybe I'll add to that next time, but for now let's stick with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I have some more goals coming when school starts, as I'm sure you probably do as well. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes. All right. <laughs> well, good work with the Subway sandwiches. That's a big step. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it is. There's been a couple times where I've just been like so hungry, and I've and I'm just like, just eat half, Garrett. Just eat half. <laughs> You will live if you just eat half. A lot of training is is going into conditioning my stomach, man. That's what what I'm doing. Good work. All right. Well, let's jump into the book. I I liked this first chapter a lot. Uh, I felt like with our last book, I was worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about. And this time I feel like there is too much to 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 cover yeah uh he made just a lot of good points and a lot of good little tidbits for uh understanding women and uh one thing i want to quickly mention from the intro there's like a four or five page intro i think we just talked about it a little bit when we introduced this book last episode but one thing he talks about is how men's actions are truly what determine whether a relationship is going to be great, good, bad, or, or a train wreck. He mentions how they found in their research, and I'm not sure how they determined this because he doesn't say, but I thought it was interesting that it's truly, it truly is what the man does in the relationship, you know, in a, in a heterosexual relationship. Um, it's the man's actions that determine how the relationship's going to go. And, um, there's a lot of responsibility, I guess, that comes with knowing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's just, uh, from this point on, assume that we're always talking about heterosexual relationships because the book is titled <laughs> The Man's Guide to Women. If you're yeah, cool with that. I, uh, that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I had a conversation with my roommate about that, actually, like, if that's what the data shows, I mean, it sucks that the relationship at that point, it kind of feels like it's on you to do the right thing. And he, I, the author does mention that, you know, women make mistakes in relationships too. Um, and they, you know, they need to hold up their end of relationships as well. But if the data shows that it's what, that it, Shoot, how do I word this? If the data shows that the relationship depends on, or the happiness of the relationship depends on what the man does and says, that's the data. You can't argue with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of intimidating. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah, good point. I'm I'm sure that's, you know, generally speaking and, and an average. Obviously, it takes two to create a good relationship, but... One thing he kind of mentions is how women are, in general, you know, they put effort in more and they 
they, you know, they're, well, I think what he said is most relationship, you know, help, self-help books are written for women. Yeah. You know, on average, women are much more likely to invest time in, in, you know, making relationships better. I think they're more likely to hold up their end of the relationship, honestly. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. All right. Hit me with it. What do women really want, man? Yeah. uh, he, He lays it out pretty clearly. The number one thing that women want is trustworthiness. Um, and by that, he defines it uh, by saying it's it's a lot to do with reliability, accountability, and showing up. And then one phrase I really liked that defined it, he said, it is that you are who you say you are and you do what you say you're going to do, which I really liked. I think I think that is really important. And looking back on the year and a half that I've been married, uh, there were there were certain times that I did something that upset Kylie, and I didn't really understand why. And looking back on it, I I think a lot of those times were based off the were related to this that I didn't quite you know I wasn't quite who I said I was in a certain moment or at a certain time or in a certain part of my life, and and that um, makes it harder for her to trust me, you know, and that's a big deal. Yeah, it's really it's an interesting concept. Honestly, um, and I, I like how he goes back to the evolutionary basis of it. Mm-hmm. Back when we were hunters and gatherers, women depended largely on on men, and uh, they had women had to pick men who were what they said they were and who did what they said they were going to do. And I think that's really interesting. For sure. Another thing that he mentions about when he's talking there about what you just said, the evolutionary side of things, he also brings up fatherhood. And that's obviously something that a lot of women look for when picking a a partner. But it says fathers turn out to be the most critical factor in the health and success of children across a wide range of influences. When fathers are not involved with their kids, there's a five times greater likelihood that the kids will live in poverty, three times more likely that they'll fail in school, two times more likely that they'll have emotional and behavioral problems, use drugs, get involved in crime, or commit suicide. Uh, that's also a lot of accountability for the the man. And I mean, obviously, talking about family at that point, but... That's a lot of responsibility and a lot of really good evidence that men have a huge influence on their children and um, good, reliable, trustworthy men are are needed in uh, our society. That's very true. And I, I see this all the time. Like I have friends that don't uh, have like the traditional nuclear family and I see how they're different from from myself and my friends that do have that. Um, and I'm not saying that they're in any way, you know, bad people or unsuccessful because a lot of them are, but there's a definite difference. They take a different path through life and it's, it's harder for them for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I agree. I I thought it was really interesting how um, John and Julie got into the the two major complaints of both men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, the two major complaints of of women being he is never there for me, and there isn't enough intimacy and connection. And the men's complaints is there's too much fighting and not enough sex. And I thought that was really kind of funny. And I was curious about your thoughts on those. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I and then I think after that he kind of tied it together by saying, in a lot of ways, all those complaints are related. It's just that everybody wants intimacy and everybody wants to feel connected, and we we do it in different ways. Yeah. Um, men and women in, in general, you know, those are the main complaints. And, and obviously, as we stated last episode, all women are different. I'm sure some women have slightly different major complaints or different needs, but in general, he talked about how men feel that intimacy and feel that connection when there is minimal fighting and more sex and women feel that, um, when you are there for them, um, or you're being trustworthy in other words. And when, um, you work on connecting with your partner and being intimate. Um, and I, that's another thing I've definitely seen is Kylie, my wife's need for, you know, emotional, intimate time. And, um, that time together is, you know, it's in general higher than mine is. And that's led to some, some you know disagreements or misunderstandings um where she feels like i don't you know she feels like i'm not trying to put effort into the relationship but um and that's led to fights which has made me feel you know less close to her but in the end we both wanted the same thing the whole time um we just feel it in different ways so i thought that was really insightful and really interesting i agree I definitely definitely agree. I think that so a large majority of this chapter was talking about how men can um, can attune to the the feelings and emotions that that women have and the best way to work around them. Um, he gives an acronym for it that uh, the acronym is attune where it's attend turn toward understand uh non-defensively listen and empathize mm-hmm. and i've i really like the i mean i like all all of those the one that really makes sense to me is the the turn toward understand well, they all made a lot of sense. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that like physically turning towards towards someone when they're expressing an emotion to you really goes a long way. And I've never thought about that, but it's something I've been working on since I read this. And I have noticed a difference. Like when there's eye contact and you physically are facing that person, it makes a huge difference, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's another thing that that's not supernatural for men, and he gets into the evolution of that as well. He talks about how men used to hunt together, 
they would they would stand next to each other and face the object you know they'd face the buffalo or whatever it is they're hunting and that was that was fine for them they could communicate that way that worked right and then women um a lot of times would sit in circles or whatever and they'd face each other and they would uh that was what worked for them basically and that's something i've seen is a lot of times kylie will want me to to look at her face her when we're you know, watching a movie or when we're, we're talking and I feel, I feel completely fine sitting next to her, you know, and, and, uh, like if she's facing away from me or, or whatever, like it doesn't bother me, I'm fine. And then there are times when she needs, you know, that FaceTime and that eye contact when it's not something that's, that's even on my radar. Um, so yeah, I think that's an interesting point and definitely something that, um, women appreciate. Yeah. I think it's I, I really liked how we got into the the problem that all men seem to have where we we hear these emotions like when sadness for example if you walk in and the person you care about is crying you want to fix that problem immediately and you want her to stop crying that's just how it is mm-hmm. and we see that as a as a problem when they cry when ultimately women are totally different where they, they realize that it's just part of what happens. They have these emotions and feelings and they want to express them and men see it as a problem. And women are are baffled at that because it's, they're just expressing who they are and what's going on with them at the time. And they just want someone to listen to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And we always try to fix the problem that's not really a problem. And I just, I, I found that really interesting because it's true. We all, I mean, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I have done that as well. Yeah. And it doesn't go over well. <laughs> yeah. He talks about a lot of the, the mistakes that men make and a lot of fights result from those mistakes. He basically says, um, I I found the quote. He said, the fights of many couples result from men dismissing women's emotions instead of attuning to them. You dismiss a woman's emotion every time you try to fix them, distract her from them, minimize them, mock them or ignore them altogether. Um, And I would like to think that I, I don't mock my wife's emotions or if I have, it was on accident and I haven't done it again. I don't think I ignore them. I think I'm pretty good about that. But I definitely think at times that I try to fix them, like you said. That's obvious. That's like my first instinct, you know? Just like, how do we fix this? How do, and I sometimes I try to distract her, and I'm sure I've minimized them before. And, yeah, that difference in mindset that you mentioned you don't, you shouldn't look at it as a man, as the problem, you know, like her being sad or angry isn't, isn't the problem in itself, but she wants you to feel like you're in that with her and that she can trust you and rely on you to, to try to understand her, you know, which when you face it, when you come to the problem and try to fix it, that's only going to lead to a longer fight or she's only going to be sad or angry longer, 
you know. Uh, honestly, I think that will lead to an actual problem. Yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, which is interesting to say the least. It's times like these when they're expressing emotions that you need to attune, you know, attend. I can't remember the other ones. Attend, turn toward, understand, non-defensively listen and empathize. So if she's like drilling you and she's like getting really PO'd at you for something you feel is undeserved. I feel like the non-defensively listening is something that is really hard for, for me to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I'm getting drilled, I put up a wall and I say, you can go to H-E double hockey sticks. This is why you're wrong. When really I should be like, oh, you know what? I understand. And I would feel the same way as you. If I, if, if I were you, I'd feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and empathize, you know, that's, that's where, what'll get you far in a relationship. Probably. I don't know. I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you, though. That is a skill that I am learning to develop, I would say, is that non-defensive listening because that's a tough one. And a lot of times I have the tendency to, to take responsibility for my wife Kylie's emotions. Um, you know, whether whether she's mad at me or not or whatever you know if she's upset a lot of times it's not like i assume it's my fault but i'm usually worried it is you know if if anything seems off with her my first thing is like did i do something did i say something you don't like like what's going on i try to understand but i definitely can get better at asking those questions but doing it to understand her as instead of doing it to make sure she's not mad at me you know (laughs) yeah for sure and then taking it a step further, trying to understand her, empathize with her, and don't dismiss those emotions. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, it's 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 a skill that I did not have, and I still am not good at it. But I think I have gotten better through through my marriage so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the rest of forever to, <laughs> to practice. So true um to a tune yeah a tune i feel like i just glazed over the attend section of that so that um john and julie when they talked about that they just meant like attend be present um if they want to talk to you put down your phone and and be there you know Mm -hmm. and then turn turn towards understand like try to understand why they feel the way they do and empathize with them. Um, understanding is intellectual, while empathy is emotional. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah. So he he really gets into this attune. They the authors really get into this attunement process, and uh, it definitely makes a lot of sense and it's something as we've talked about before that's not super super natural to to men to do um because there are a lot of of different 
instincts we have to fix the issue or to cheer her up or something. Um, I think it's amazing that we as men have even been successful in mating. By reading this, I'm like, this is clearly what we do. We clearly try to fix their problem every time. (laughs) Why do they even want to be near us? Like, it's... (laughs) It's funny to me. Um, what I found really interesting, I start a quote from the book because it's a principle from our last book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, or they said, listening is sexier than talking. Asking questions is sexier than broadcasting. Being genuinely interested in her is much more important than trying to be interesting to her. Let them talk about themselves. Um, great principle. It'll serve you well. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. And, and again, that, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about women's biggest... Uh, well, how does he word Complaint. it? Complaint. <laughs> Before the complaints, he talked about the two things women want the most, right? The, oh, one, yeah. the one thing all women look for in men, which is trustworthiness. Yeah. Um. You know, instead of, and I think he also talks about how men spend a lot of time trying to impress women, right? Like that's that's definitely the culture you see if you watch TV, right? It's like guys go to bars and they try to like smooth talk women to pick them up, which that's not what lines up with this data that, that the Gottmans have discovered. And it's really if all women are looking for that one thing of someone who's trustworthy, it's really that you have to, that's the impression you want them to take away from meeting you, you know? And the way you do that is you make them feel safe. You make them feel heard. And the way you do that is attuning to what they're saying and their emotions, which is, it's, it's interesting. And it goes against, I feel like some of the, what a lot of people would consider common sense as far as like, picking up women or whatever you know yeah it really does i'm i've always thought the best way to get a get the girl i wanted was to you know be the person she'd want to be uh or be the person that she'd want you know and that thinking's not wrong but i've always thought that they wanted something different than what they actually want what they want is someone that can listen to them and be there for them, according to this book, at least, um, where I've always had the impression that they want someone who's who's put together, knows what they're doing, and there's probably aspects to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not their biggest want. You know, they don't care how much money I have or stuff like that. Uh, they might, but again, it's not their biggest, evolutionarily, it's not their biggest worry. Yeah, I I think going back to that, like a man who is powerful, at least in some sense, you know, like confident, um, able or capable, I think that's probably, and I've read ahead a little bit in this book, and I think he, he gets into that a little bit, but you're right, the main need and the main want is someone who's trustworthy, and one thing that they mentioned in this book is that women are constantly asking themselves when they're thinking about someone as a potential mate or potential partner 
Is he safe? Will he be there for me? Is he dependable? Is he trustworthy? So, Garrett, you're still in the dating world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as much as that world exists right now with quarantining and social distancing, but how do you think you can portray those things? How can you think? How do you think you can positively answer those questions of is he safe? Is he dependable? Is he trustworthy? In your you know first and second and early interactions with with women, um, that's a good question. I'm going to go back to some principles from How to Win Friends, actually. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I think a big one will be remembering their name. <laughs> which I have forgotten girls' names before that I've thought are really cute. And it is very embarrassing. Um, super funny. I actually told one of those stories. Yeah, I think you did. So, uh, yeah. So remembering their name is a big one. And then if I say I'm going to do something, I guess I sure as hell better do it, you know? <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. And may I like I'm going to make a I'm going to put a list together of stuff to ask our our womanly guests that we're going to have on. Yeah. That's, that's um, and idea. that's going to be on there, honestly. Uh-huh. Um I'm gonna, I'm writing it down right now because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough question. And there's also a balance. He talks about he talks about in this book um, that you don't, or in this chapter, he talks about how women also need to feel physically safe. So if they see that you're someone who might lash out violently or use your strength, and he mentions, he uses the example of your voice, you know, men's voices are bigger and deeper than, than women's are on average. And if, if you ever use your voice to intimidate or to make a point, even if you don't intend to do this, a lot of times that'll make a woman not feel physically safe around you. So, I mean, there's a balance in between, you know, being trustworthy and being seen as strong and protective. And obviously, if you use that the wrong way, it can come off as, as unsafe. But one other thing he mentions that kind of answers that question is he talks about just chivalry. You know, the little things like, opening a door for someone or or um, pulling out their chair, whatever it is. They're just little hints that tell the woman, you can trust me, I'm dependable, I'm here for you, uh, which I thought was interesting as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Sorry, I'm navigating between all my notes. <laughs> I bought myself an iPad for Christmas. Did I tell you that? Uh, you mentioned you were going to, I think. Dude, best thing ever for taking notes. Nice. It is sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right, though. Those little chival chivalrous things, I think they stem from an evolutionary uh, purpose, I guess. And they mm -hmm. definitely show that you're trustworthy. Although, as Julie and John mention, every woman is different. I've met a lot of women who don't like me opening their door, which is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, because I want to open the freaking door for them, and they won't let me. And I'm like, okay, fine. Be that way. 
Um, <laughs> and that's why I'm single. <laughs> um, he had a section at the end called the bottom line. Uh, I was it, uh, just going to bring that up, so go for it. <laughs> In that section, he says, men ask themselves the question, what is she trying to accomplish uh, when a woman gets emotional? Um, and he talks about how men see emotionality as, I don't know if that's a real word. I'm going <laughs> to use it. <laughs> emotionality as uh, the negative emotions that we don't like. Sadness, anger, um, other emotions that he lists that I can't remember. We don't count the emotions that we do like, such as happiness, passion, lust, stuff like that. Um, if we like it, it's fine. If we don't like it, it becomes emotional to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always, as men, ask ourselves, what are they trying to accomplish uh, when they show these negative emotions? Um he talks about how this is dumb and it baffles women because they don't feel something in order to get something accomplished. They feel something because that's just what they're feeling. Um, and I was curious, what did you think about that? Yeah, I really liked that part. Uh, that really demonstrates the difference between, between males and females more than almost anything, you know? just the way we view that the way we view emotions. He talks about how to women, there are no negative emotions. There are just emotions and there's no point to being emotional. As you said, it's just, it's just as natural as breathing is the phrase he uses. Uh, but I really liked how he, he talked about how those emotions are opportunities for intimacy. They're opportunities to connect with your partner and, through attuning, as we discussed, and through not dismissing those emotions, trying to understand them and accept them, whether you agree with them or not, if you if you really strive to understand and accept your partner's emotions, um, that is one of the biggest ways to demonstrate your trustworthiness, which in turn you know meets that number one need and want that um, that women have. So, yeah, I walked away from that thinking that I needed to just rethink, you know, what emotions are. Um, cause there's a lot that I've never really thought about and, uh, it gave me a lot to think about is what I should say. <laughs> yeah. For real though. I mean, me too. And I'm not even in a situation where I can use this knowledge every day. Hopefully I don't forget it, but, <laughs> um, he also talks about how, for some reason, and I think this goes both ways. I don't think this is just men doing this. I think it's probably women as well. Um, but for some reason, men try to turn the person that they're dating or married to or with into a version of themselves, which is kind of true. I don't know if I agree with it completely, but it's true. Like sometimes. Um, again, I'm not dating anyone, but sometimes I think, man, this would be easier if this person just thought the same way I did. Yeah. How boring is that though? 
Like, why would you want to date or be married to yourself? Like, there's a there's a reason. You need diversity of thought, and you need you need those different emotions. You need a different perspective, and the only way you get that is by not trying to change that person into you. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to bring it up. Do you have any thoughts on it or? I thought that was well said. Uh, I don't think that, well, it resonated with me what you just said about, um, uh, what was it that you said that resonated with me? I don't remember. <laughs> well, obviously it resonated well. <laughs> obviously I wasn't listening well enough, but <laughs> the part you said about how Oh, okay. You said it would be easier if you thought this certain way, you know? Yeah. That, that's a thought that I've had a couple times because, because being in a relationship is, is hard and you got to work through those differences. And, and in the end, as you said, that's a good thing, but there are moments when it's, it's not easy, you know, when, when you don't understand why, like times when I just have no idea why my wife Kylie's acting the way she is, uh, it's it can be frustrating, you know. You'd be like, "This would be so much easier if we just agreed on this one thing." But, but uh, the Gottsmen are the Gottmans. Gottmans are are correct. I mean, those those differences are really opportunities to connect and understand better and communicate and learn to communicate and and all of those things are really what bring a relationship um, or change relationship into something great or you know, make it even better. So yeah, I thought that was a really good point. And, um, I liked the way you said it. Thank you. I've been, uh, experimenting and trying out, uh, different ways of th- saying things. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's not true. I just lied to you. <laughs> oh, I have been reading a lot more though, which has helped my vocabulary. Yeah. I've heard, I heard you read like half of five different books recently. So uh, a lot, uh, actually, a lot of those are over the course of many years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could, I would probably recognize a few of them from back when we you were might. roommates. I'm sure. <laughs> I think one of them. I think I had one of them when we were roommates. Oh. You always had a couple books on your bookshelf on your uh, yeah. dress, dresser. I read most of those. <laughs> nice. I think I read all of them except one. That that one, your mom gave you to read the i stolen red that one was good mindset yeah Susie, if you're listening thank you that book helped my life a lot (laughs) she i'm sure she will listen to this so nice nice i'm glad you read it i don't think i read the whole thing but that is you you half read stuff too (laughs) i do i'm not judging you i definitely do that all right Um, I i don't have anything left to add what about you yeah me neither if you have any comments or any advice for us uh, dummies on relationships, uh, leave us a comment. Let us know, and uh, we will incorporate it into the next episode maybe. Not and maybe. We will. We will. We'll incorporate <laughs> it at some point. Yes. Soon. At some point soon. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as uh, I did, and hopefully Garrett did. And... We'll see you guys next time. See you next time.